Thank you for downloading from Father's House City Ministries, Portland, Oregon. Support for this podcast comes from your generous gifts and donations. You can find out more about Father's House City Ministries at www.fathershouseportland.org. Here's the cool news. We are now on every medium that has podcasts. So Apple Podcasts, Spotify, just type in Father's House Center Ministries and our messages will come up. So check it out every week. Our church was led to do a prophetic act to tear down and bring down one of the powers that Ephesians 6.12 speaks about when it speaks about rulers. Rulers are archetypes. Archetypes that work arco means like architect, the ones who create mindsets and strategies of hell that men partner with. We would preach the gospel, we would see people get healed, and no one would receive the Lord even though they saw signs of his power because there was a mindset that was set over the people of our city. The Lord led us to do this prophetic act with declarations and proclamations and decrees and songs of worship and using all the tools and the weapons of our warfare and that power came down. We didn't just do that prophetic act. We went to those very places where we had seen the gospel preached and yet no breakthrough. And we began to decree and declare through prayer walks. This is the day of the Lord's visitation, that this is the day of God's power, that man's hearts are hungry. And as we did that, the angels began to bring what was done in the heavenlies to the earth. And we began to see what we're seeing today. You know, there was a time with Portland State where ministries would not see one single person in a year give their lives to Jesus. We've seen dozens this year give their lives to Jesus. We're a church that doesn't just believe that Ephesians 6, 12 is a theology. We actually practice it. We take it outside this house. God spoke to me that it's time that our entire house gets trained on how to do what Jesus said that we're called to do and carry out. And that's this from Luke chapter 10, verse 19. Behold, I've given you authority to tread the serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall hurt you. Ephesians 6.12 is how we engage in overcoming all the power of the enemy. Today, I want to continue talking about the weapons of our warfare as we wrestle against these powers that are spoken about in Ephesians 6.12, the kind of rulers and authorities and powers and spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. Now, this first one, rulers, that one is Arco which stands for archetype or architect. And they tend to build sort of a grid of thinking and strongholds and mindsets to bring people into captivity. And they rule over people groups, not as much as territories or over mediums like media or politics. It isn't like, you know, all white people under a certain arco and all Asians are, no. Uh, Subsets of people under arco. Maybe you walked into a space, a certain group of people, and after a while, you find yourself kind of thinking like they were thinking. If that ever has happened to you, it's because you have walked into what is called a spiritual field of thought that's created. Now, that can be created both in, in, in good ways, in heavenly ways, and in also through the powers of darkness. And what they do is they build a house of thoughts. Arcos build a stronghold. And last week we spoke about how that really defines and means a house of thoughts. And we gave you the tools for tearing down the strongholds, the blood of Jesus, the word of our testimony, how we testify about Jesus, the laying down of our lives, the name of Jesus on our lips, the declarations, the proclamations that uses all those things. But today we're going to another weapon, which actually is spoken about in Ephesians 6. And it goes along with how we wrestle. So we've been given this thing called the armor of God. 
And this armor is not a metaphor. There are actual, literal, spiritual weapons more real than guns and tanks and missiles. They are the real things by which we take out the power of the enemy. So I want us to read Ephesians chapter 6. This is the context for Ephesians 12, is verses 10 through 17. So let's go there right now and let's read. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers and against authorities and against cosmic powers and over this present darkness against spiritual forces in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you will be able to withstand the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having fastened the belt of truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. This is all the armor of the Lord right here. And the shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace and all circumstances, take up the shield of faith by which you can extinguish every family darts of the evil one and take on the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Now there's a part of the armor that makes you foolproof to the mindsets that archetypes like to release into culture, into the people group. I'm speaking about the pretensions and the arguments that brings rebellion against God. The armor is not just defensive weapon, it is actually an offensive weapon. And even the helmet of salvation, which is you think is a defensive weapon, I'm gonna show you in a minute how it's actually also an offensive weapon. The helmet of salvation, what does it cover? Okay, helmets cover our heads. Where is our mind? Okay, our mind is, is really, honestly, there's a big connection between the brain and the gut. But strongholds, now they build mindsets of thoughts and arguments and pretensions. Those strongholds are built in the mind. And if we don't tear down those arguments or those pretensions and those things that set us up, they will begin to tap into our emotions. And man, once they're a part of our emotions, man, that's how we buy into them. They know how to use the language of compassion to draw us in, to say, man, it just, it just feels like that's true, that that's right. And they create deception by distorting definitions, okay? And definitions like what compassion looks like, what love looks like, because if they can change the meaning, they will change change the reality that we believe in. And you see, once our emotions are invested in a lie, it's hard to disattach. Because when we try to disattach, it feels like we're disattaching from a value, from something that's important. I had a mentor, his name is Eduardo Lorenzo. He was one of the fathers of the Argentine revival. He said to me, you know when's the best time to kill a dragon? And I just thought about it, when it's a baby, he says, no, when it's in the egg. When it's a seed thought. If we don't kill seed thoughts in our mind, they grow up to be dragons and dragons are hard to kill. So the helmet of salvation guards your mind for the mind is where the arco target you. They target to build the strongholds, those arguments, those pretensions that 2 Corinthians 5.10 tells us that we need to pull down. And because it is the, with the mind that we believe so that with our mouth we will confess. Now, that's kind of what Romans 10.10, which I'll read in a minute, talks about. The enemy, he reads the scripture and he knows how to reverse engineer it. So he says, if I can get them to believe something so much that they will confess it with their mouth, they'll live that way. Let's read Romans 10.10. 10. For the heart is one who believes into righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. You need to understand that Greek thought, the mind, with, with the heart that it speaks about, the, the, the word heart is cardia, but they, did, they were talking about the, the pump that's in the middle of your chest pumping blood throughout your body, keeping you alive. They were speaking more about this, 
this thing that the Jews called the labab. It's part of the ancient people. It's this place where the mind, the will, and the emotions, your your passions are all in this place. They're working together to build what is called the soul. And he says, that's the deal. If you start to believe things with your soul, that's why you're supposed to love the Lord your God with all your soul, with your only mind, soul, and strength. Because in that place, we are we get convinced of truth. And Arcos are very good at convincing people of lies, like so many Christians who believe that premarital sex is okay, even though the Word of God clearly says that it's not. Or maybe that the killing of children is, is, is not as bad as climate change or racism. And believe me, there's a lot of Christians who says, no, 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 well, that, I mean, that's bad, but we really need to fight this, not seeing that, that it's cost 60 million lives because of the deception that these archos build in our minds. You see, I, I, I may believe that what I believe really doesn't hurt other people. As a Christian, you can't afford that. What you believe determines what how you live. And how you live determines whether you're going you're gonna to be advancing the kingdom of God or giving permission to the kingdom of hell. Because you're a person, as a child of God, you've been given authority over all the power of the enemy. And if you start to give authority to the wrong mindsets, and guess what? You are giving them, you're giving Satan the power to rule and the domain that you're called to protect. And that includes your family, but not just your family, but maybe your school and your city and even your nation. This is why Jesus warned us in Luke chapter 11, verse 35. See to it then that the light within you is not darkness. Matthew 6, 23 says this. Think about what I just said, that, that the light in you is not darkness. Then he says, if the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Jesus says, listen, if the truth you think is right is actually wrong, how deceived are you? And that's what these archetypes do. They bring deception. There's so many Christians that I mean, we're so much more enlightened than these Christians are always praying and always seeking God and always doing these works. We have grace. I'm sorry. We're called to those, those works. We're actually called to do the work of faith. And so they, they've bought into a deception of what grace looks like that is not biblical. And so this is why we need to wear the helmet of salvation because that... That, that's what how we are not just protected, but that's how we advance against the forces of darkness. What does that look like? The helmet guards your mind, okay? Because we need to guard our mind. Now, this word helmet there in, in this scripture is the word helmet. Okay, that's what it means. But when I, I dug deeper into the, into the Greek, it literally defines the protection of the soul, which consists in the hope of salvation. Isn't that good? The protection of the soul it consists in the, souls, uh, in the hope of salvation. So I need to cover my mind with hope. What is that like? That means that I need to speak to myself according to the, what the word of the Lord says. Things like, for the Lord is a shield, a son and a shield about me. He bestows favor and honor on me. No good thing will he withhold of those who walk uprightly. If I, when I do those things, I build up the helmet of salvation by meditating on the word of God, saying what he says, like Proverbs 6, uh, 2, 6. For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. Therefore, I know that, that if I desire wisdom, I need to seek the Lord. I need to go to his word. I need to feast from his word. I need to sit with men who are godly men and receive their counsel, men who have proven by the fruits of their life that they, they, they really have a handle on knowledge and on understanding. 
so that if there's a book or a movie that comes out with an ideology or a movement that comes upon the earth with a certain ideology, I can say, no, that's a stronghold of thoughts and pretensions and arguments that are against the word of God. I will not partner with that. In fact, I'm going to target that to take that out because we're called to what? To wrestle against those things in heavenly places. That, that the world thinks a certain way? You say, well, I can't do anything about the way the world thinks. No, guy, you can't. And I'll, we'll talk about that here in a little bit. But these lies and these pretensions, they're meant to be arrested and brought under the submission and the authority of Jesus. The ideas, feelings, all these things, they, they come with all that stuff. We're supposed to call those things and, and, and take them captive. If we, because if we do, then we will not sin. The Bible says that, that, that uh, if we hide the word of God in our hearts, we will not sin against him. The helmet of salvation is a great filter for our thoughts. And it, it becomes a weapon for us, though, when we begin to use it as an identifier of wrong thoughts. Okay? It becomes like a modern laser-targeting technology. Aha! There you are. Now I'm going to target you for destruction. I'm going to target you to annihilate this thought, this pretension, this argument. I'm going to tear it down, and I'm going to make it subject to Jesus. How do I do that? First, Second Corinthians 10.5 says this, We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. We actually practice this by allowing the Holy Spirit to bring up the Word of God that is the answer, that is the that comes in the opposite spirit of that thought. Okay, the first thing that happens is that, that, that when a person uh, is booked into jail, first thing that happens in that, in that, in that context, because I've, I've done that, I've been to all of my ride-alongs with police officers, first thing, they, they identify who this person is. And this is what we have to do. In order to take a thought captive, I have to say, wait a minute, where is this coming from? Maybe, maybe you have a thought that comes to your mind like, why are you hanging out with Christians all the time? You need to like, like, like remember to hang out with your unsaved friends. Now, here's where deception comes. That's true. You need to still reach out to your unsaved friends, still keep those friendships happening. But the enemy likes to, to take one truth and wrap it with lies. So then you don't need to be spending all your time with Christians. You don't need to. He starts to withdraw you around a truth that you do need to be still be friends to sinners. And what is he doing? He's trying to isolate you. He's trying to move you away. So the way you take that thought captive is he said, no, wait a minute. I am called to be the friend of sinners, but I'm also called to be joint to a body. I'm part of that body. I'm part of a stone that's fitted, joined together to build the house of the Lord. I will not remove myself. I will not deny the gathering of the saints. I will not, I will not put that off, but I will be one as who is faithful in the house of the Lord. Boom, you start to fight that thought. Now, you know why it wants to take you captive? You know why those thoughts want to take you captive? And why we're called to take it captive? Because it's scared of you. It's scared of you. Because you have authority over the power of the enemy. It wants to take you out before you recognize it for what it is so you can take it out. So you have to dismantle those thoughts. Note that Ephesians 6.17 says that the helmet of salvation is put together right next to the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Why? Because the helmet of salvation says, 
That thought is of the enemy. Now I take the sword of the spirit. And I begin to dismantle that. That I begin to whack it. That's that's what that's what your helmet of salvation and the sword of spirit work together. The helmet of salvation identifies an ungodly thought, a thought from that arco realm of the architects of hell, creating mindsets on the earth that come against the knowledge of God. And it says, take the word and smash that thing until it's destroyed. And when you overcome the strongholds in my mind, you will gain authority to overcome strongholds and environments that you enter into. Maybe you walk into a neighborhood where there's suicide because what? There's a mindset for suicide. There's a mindset that, 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 that embraces. Maybe in a school, there's a mindset that embraces suicide. Something has been built in the atmosphere that does that. You begin to come in there. You say, I tear down the spirit of death. You begin to quote the scriptures about how we've been given the power of life. And you begin to demolish that stronghold through the word of the Lord, through the testimony of Jesus, because you begin to declare the word of the Lord, because the Lord is saying, I want you to take territory. I want you to advance. I don't want you just to defeat these things in your mind, but I want you to defeat these things in the territory that I've given you, in the city that I've given you, in the school that you go to. So I want to not go too long this morning. So I, I just want to end with this. We, we, we talk, told you that story, how Father's House received a strategy from the Lord how we recognize there was an archetype working in our city, keeping man's mind bound from accepting and seeing the light of the gospel. And, and how we, we went against those things. This, this spirit who had been this pretension that resisted hearing the gospel. Now, we didn't just do those prophetic acts, okay, down there. We also walked around the heart of the city and we started to declare the opposite. We started to say, now you will receive light. Now you will receive, now you will be hungry. We went to Portland State and, and, and walked that territory. And you heard the testimonies this week. We're experiencing that thing. Guys, these things can be defeated in our city. These things can be defeated in your family structure, maybe in your workplace, where, wherever it is. It is our call. This is the call of this house to be as mighty men of David who rise up against giants and take them down. You have to understand that when David wrote the Psalms, it says, one can take a thousand to flight and two ten thousands. He's not kind of making a reference to his mighty men. One of his guys stood in a land to fill. In a, in a field of lentils, and withstood 1,000 men, and he won that battle. So we said one can send 1,000 to flight. That was a true story. And where did they get their inspiration? The inspiration, they got it from David, a shepherd boy who delivered Israel from the giant that kept them oppressed for 40 days and 40 nights. But he was able to deliver the land because in his own land, in his own heart, in his own place, the place that he was given to steward, which was the, 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 the place of the sheep that his father had in, in the fields, he defeated the lion and the bear there. Listen, the Lord wants to prepare us all for battle. But in order to do that, we need to do what David did in Psalms 139, verses 23 to 24, where he says, search me, O God, and know my heart, and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in a way that is everlasting. David goes and says, God, I want you to visit the places of my, of my heart where there's anxiety, where there's unrest, where there, I'm not unified. He says in another, in another part, unite my heart that I may serve you. And what happens is that the enemy comes in and he separates our hearts. He creates a mindset that separates our desire 
for the Lord and follow his ways from, from, from this other thing that has us follow the ways of darkness and the ways of the world, or at least come into agreement with them so we let them rule, so we let them reign. Maybe we're not, you know, advocating for abortion, but we're not actively resisting and tearing down that stronghold in our nation. So here's, here's what I, I really believe, that we need to make sure that we're not being led captive by the very spirits that we're called to tear down, uproot, and cast out of our society. And one of the ways we do that is just by saying, God, search my heart. Is there any mindsets that I have that do not align with your kingdom? Is there any mindsets that I have that do, does not align with the ways of your word, with your nature, with who you are, with who you say I'm, I'm supposed to be? Father, if I, I've come into agreement with things, if, if I actually think that, that, that you know, taking from someone who has to give to somebody who doesn't have, that that's not robbery, if that's forceful, and I think, I think people should be forced to do that, if I do that, if I'm actually binding to that because it's in culture, because it's in politics, then I got to repent because that's not what the Word of God says. And so we should all search our heart. I, I want us to just, as I pray before I close, I want us to just search our hearts and say, hey, God, is there any anxious thoughts? Is there any place in my life where I'm in conflict with your word? Unite my heart that I may serve you so that I may be able to target things that are deceptions, arguments, pretensions against the knowledge and the ways of God, and I can begin to, to just demolish them and bring them into obedience into Christ. You know when they're, they're, they're made, made obedience into Christ? When they no longer speak when they no longer rule, when they no longer have authority on the earth in the realms that we're called to steward for His glory. So let's pray together. Father, I just thank you. <sighs> so much grace, Lord. So much grace you have for us, Lord. That grace lifts us up to do the things that we cannot do by our own power, by our own might, Lord God, and elevates us to a place, Lord God, where we can grab a hold of your presence and by the anointing and power of the Spirit, Lord God, we can confront, Lord God, any mindsets that, Lord, we've accepted. Father, we pray that you search us, Lord God. If we're walking, Lord God, with a mindset, Lord God, that's of the world because our family has always believed this thing or my friends have believed this thing, Lord, but it doesn't line up with who you say you are and how you're called to how we're called to treat one another to 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 live in this world i pray that by the power of your spirit lord god you would teach us now to demolish those thoughts to take them captive to say that's who you are you don't get to exist in my mind i reject you i bind you by the authority of the name of jesus i confess the opposite and I pray that by your power, Lord God, your people will rise up to be champions, to be, Lord, what was even prophesied over this house at the very beginning, that this would be a house of the mighty men and women of God, those great champions of the kingdom who delivered cities and even nations into your hand. And so I praise you, Father, for your grace and power for us to, Lord God, be able to do to wrestle with these things until they're underneath our feet. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for downloading from Father's House City Ministries, Portland, Oregon. Support for this podcast comes from your generous gifts and donations. You can find out more about Father's House City Ministries at www.fathershouseportland.org.